1 Samuel 18, 17 through 30. Then Saul said to David, Here is my eldest daughter, Merab. I will give her to you for a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, Let not my hand be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. And David said to Saul, Who am I and who are my relatives, my father's clan in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king? But at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was given to Adriel, the Mahalathite, for a wife. Now, Saul's daughter, Michal, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Saul thought, let me give her to him, that she may be a snare for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, You shall now be my son-in-law. And Saul commanded his servants, Speak to David in private and say, Behold, the king has delight in you, and all his servants love you. Now then, become the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spoke those words in the ears of David. And David said, Does it seem to you a little thing to become the king's son-in-law, since I am a poor man and have no reputation? And the servants of Saul told him, Thus, and so did and so did David speak. Then Saul said, Thus shall you say to David, The king desires no bride price except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged of the king's enemies. Now Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. Before the time had expired, David arose and went along with his men and killed 200 of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, which were given in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him his daughter Michal for a wife. But when Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him, Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually. Then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle, and as often as they came out, David had more success than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was highly esteemed. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Man, what a what a spicy <laughs> passage. What a story. We got 200 Philistine foreskins. We got mm. one almost bride-to-be and then a bride. We got uh, David and Saul. So let's let's break into it. Okay. Um, McClish, thoughts on the passage? <laughs> Thanks. Pat- back to you. Back to you. <laughs> no, back to you. <laughs> um, no, this I think we're just getting we're getting deeper and deeper into the black and tar of Saul here and just mm. like the places that sin will take you. Wow. Um I can't imagine that Saul ever dreamed that he would um do the things that he will do. And this right here, just seeing the kind of father that he is. Um, we've seen hints of this, and we'll see more like with Jonathan, but now to his daughters, um, giving, promising his first daughter to David, but not as a real, um, you know, having joy in it for both of them, but again, as a means of putting David into the hands of the the Philistines and having him, you know, they them kill him um, for him, um, you know, sending him into battle or whatever after this, um, giving 
the the first daughter and then of course somehow she gets pledged to another and so now he moves on to to Michal, which incidentally we did look this up. You can say Michael; it's fine. Michael, we, Michal. Yeah, Michal. It turns out Michal. one of the pronunciations is Michal or, <laughs> or Michal or something or like that. Yeah, we thought yeah. we thought we'll we'll not do that one. Subject yeah. y'all to that one, but yeah, yeah. um, but you know, again, like this, how terrible that he's like thinking that Michal will be a snare to David. So I'm just like, what does <laughs> yeah. he think of his daughter? Like, father. what's going on there? Yeah. Um, but again, ultimately, that he wants David killed. But I think there is a lot of foreshadowing. Uh, here of things to come in that when you oppose God's ways, um, God's anointed, whenever we see characters who have set up to um, destroy God's people or God's um, anointed, you know, man in history, that they are often destroyed by the very means that they come up with. Absolutely. And we talked about that even yesterday, hinted at that, that how Saul will die. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one interesting thing that I kind of see at play in this passage as as Saul is kind of just unraveling into worse and worse um, sin and depravity is I think what is really manipulation, uh, like basically this is going to sound really weird, but I'll explain it, mm -hmm. but sort of like socioeconomic manipulation. Mm. So you know, David, we see this remarkable humility on his part. You know, he he's he's the cat's meow around Israel and Judah these days. And yet when offered, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime to be son-in-law to the king, he's like, who am I? I'm, I'm like this poor dude who kills bears and lions and Philistines. You know, like, is it no small thing to you to be son-in-law to the king? And, and he, he accounts himself as like not worthy. And then, you know, they kind of come back the second time and he, he says like, I'm, I'm broke. I, I don't, you know, back mm -hmm. in these days, there would have been bride prices that you would have to pay. Right. A and then Saul sets up, you know, a little custom bride price package for, for David. And it is. 100 foreskins of the Philistines. Right. Which if that is not, you know, evidence of a demented mind. Right. Well, you can, you can totally see him. Like we were talking earlier about how, like when you've got somebody you consider as the goody two shoes, like they're, oh, they're always saying, and it's like David has always been talking about those, un like, why is everyone afraid of these uncircumcised yeah. Philistines? Which yeah. basically he's saying like, these are pagan worshipers who do people. not honor. Yeah. yeah, they're not set apart for yeah. God's glory. And they have no desire to honor him or worship him or even love him. Absolutely. So it's like, why are we afraid of them? And so he keeps talking about uncircumcised and yeah. here, like Saul is like this nasty, demented yeah, humor. Like, like you're saying, it's like, oh, oh, you're not. Okay. Oh, you're so concerned with yeah. God's yeah. way. Well, all right, let's let's send yeah. you out to do this. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I really think that there is an element that's in play where Saul is like exploiting this fact that David has no way of really paying a mm -hmm. bride yeah. a bride price except for you know some act of valor. And then he sets up this this really you know unsavory and, mm -hmm. and strange you know means of payment. Right. I think obviously assuming that he wouldn't know he's gonna die. I mean he's setting yeah. him and up to I, die. I was about to say yeah. like with the end goal of David being killed. Yes. Which yes. you know like shout out to David and Uriah in, I know, in the coming right? and, and what happens you know like this is. It's, that's a good little reminder that 
it, it's not like David is like above ever doing this. And yeah. in fact, when we take our eyes off the Lord, when the Lord is no longer the center of the narrative, but we become the center of the narrative, this these are the things that start to happen. Right. And why David, the greatest human king has ever lived, yeah. um, was not enough. Absolutely. Like to say this. Yeah. But, you know, here, you know, David is walking with the Lord. And and so he, with the same mentality of, of courage, he he accepts the challenge and he actually gives Saul a little two for one, like Publix BOGO deal. Um, mm-hmm. And he, instead of bringing a hundred foreskins, he brings 200, which is a very generous gesture. Mm. Um, and don't you yeah. just imagine, wonder how they were presented? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> well, I, like I'm I sorry. Just, I was just like, what kind of trophy is yeah. this? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. This like is wagon. really, yeah. really macabre. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had the thought too of like, you know, Dave, Saul, this is like so, you know, not. A devotional thought but I, I was thinking like Saul was definitely you know he was expecting David to get killed and then he actually ended up with like 200 foreskins in his palace right, and so right. I wondered, that had to be a weird like yeah ah, exactly I don't know what to do with uh, these I don't know so what do you what do you think you know just as we wrap up and seek to apply this you know what do you see as like how the Lord can use this passage in our life today. Yeah. Well, I think for one thing, um, you know, don't mock the Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of um, the, just Saul's heart for his own glory. And he's blinded by pride. He's blinded by sin. He's seeing things that aren't there. He's becoming suspicious and jealous. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, um, he's no longer able to reason and to be reasonable. Mm. And yet, once again, we see that God is not mocked um, and he has chosen David and he will prosper him in whatever um, he sees fit. And so it's like this, the fact that David can do no wrong here. I think it's just, again, like I said, we we know that David is a human being, that he ultimately fails, that this is showing us that God is does have an ultimate champion for us in mind and that it is the son of David. Mm-hmm. But I think when we apply this, logic of what's happening here to like, we should not oppose God's ways. We should not oppose Jesus. Um, We should not engage in sin that is ultimately betraying God and who he says he is and what he is um, just like Saul did um, because it will lead us to places that um, we never thought we'd go. And what a Christian does is they follow hard after their champion who has already won their battles for them so that just tells us like we too should be fighting sin as if we've already Amen. won. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And it also just shows us the corrosive power of sin. You know, yeah. Saul, he's gone from being this handsome, young, tall, like champion of the mm-hmm. people to now his daughters are being traded like property, but not mm-hmm. just like property, but property used to try to kill somebody. You know, right. He's trying to use them to right. snare David. Right. And then his right hand man who, you know, has been like playing music for him in these, you know, demonic episodes or or not demonic, but you know, these yeah. spiritual warfare yeah. episodes. He he's treating this guy, he's trying to have him killed. And and basically like he's he's just acting the fool. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I just think it's like such a, a reminder that you know, to keep, turn your eyes upon Jesus, mm. to look to the champion, to live for him. And as Jonathan did, you know, a couple of days ago 
to to take off the robe, take off all of our earthly honors and to, to lay them at the feet of our, our champion. Amen. So, yeah, may we walk faithfully with him today. Well, for Jennifer McClish, thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.